You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This, this is the Porpoise Pod. Porpoise Pod. It's a podcast with a purpose. All dolphins, all the time. Touchdown! Now, here's your host, Brendan Tobin and Alejandro Solana. Welcome on in, everybody, to another edition of the Porpoise Pod. Tobin here with you alongside my co-host, Alejandro Solana. Same story, different week, Solana. Three straight losses for the Dolphins, and they all feel very eerily similar. Uh, I don't know where you want to start. Another game where you you don't start, you don't end with the same quarterback that starts the game. Another quarterback gets hurt with injury. Um, key turnovers late. Crushing touchdown after said turnover to really put the nail in the coffin. And now you sit three and three. Um, watching the Jets go past you in the standings. It's a, it's a pressing Sunday, my friend. It is. It is. The Jets pick up a big win on the road at Lambeau Field, and uh, you're the Dolphins. You have a chance late in that game. And when you look at all the stats, Tobin, when you look at the numbers, you struggle to realize why the Dolphins got beat the way that they did, right? And then, you know, when you watch the game or you listen to the game, you realize, well, they don't end the game with the quarterback they prepared with all week. And uh, the injury bug strikes again. It comes in bunches, impacting the same positions uh, on both sides of the football. And you're sitting in a, a very deep hole now, Tobin, at 3-3. Three and three. Still a soft part of the schedule coming up, but it's been ugly. It has been. Yeah, it's ugly and it's been painful because on the one hand, there's been some great resilience we've seen in all of these games uh, to be in games when you feel like, you know, Tua gets stretched off a field. You don't really feel like you're going to have a chance to win that game. And you did, but you had a, a key interception late. And then the, the Bengals ended it when, you know, you lose Teddy Bridgewater and you see the way Skylar Thompson's playing in the early goings in the Meadowlands uh, and the way the defense was, you didn't really think like you'd have a chance in the fourth quarter, but you did. And then the same way today, you're like, yeah, once again, you know, you don't feel like uh, a high-powered offense like the Vikings. You don't think you're going to be really in it, but you really are all this game. And just to see all of these games really have their opportunities get crushed in such epic fashion is what I think hurts the most about it. It's like, you know, I almost feel like I could deal with it better if I knew the Dolphins were, you know, it were shorthanded and they felt like they were in over their head. But I feel like with this team that they have had chances to be in these games and win these games, maybe not the jets game, you know, I mean, that that's probably wishful thinking. They were in that game, but you know, fourth quarter really fell away, but, but the Bengals game and this one certainly were right there for them. And to have them both go the other direction is, uh, is pretty bitter. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, especially when you consider the fact that 
you start off that game and really for, for the, the entirety of the game, the the defense, at least, you know, the big guys up front, like they handled their business, right? Yeah. Like you can point to specific parts of this team and say, okay, they played well. The wide receivers with Tyree Kill and, uh, and Jalen Waddell, like you expect those guys to be playmakers. You expect them to have big performances and they do, but you don't expect one of them in this case, Jalen Waddell, you know, being the the guy who, who kind of costs you the game in the end. And I'm not, you know, blaming Jalen Waddell because there were other parts of the game where, you know, the Dolphins kind of uh, shot themselves in the foot. But at the end of the day, I mean, you have a chance there. You're driving down the field, you're down six, and uh, and it is Waddle for the second time that costs you the football and uh, and coughs it up. So well, I am blaming Jalen Waddle. Like I don't okay. understand why there's this <laughs> propensity for fans not to blame something that's quite obvious. Like Jalen Waddle blew that game, and that's just flat out. I love Jalen Waddle. Don't get me wrong. Like we're all sitting here penguin dancing, and he gets all his flowers and. This dude, for the for ninety five percent of the time, gets his ass kissed by Dolphins fans. Deserved. He's awesome, but he blew that game, and that's that's an you know that's 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 a back breaking fumble. And yeah. you know if you're going to be one of the best receivers in this league, which we all think you can't you can't blow games like that, and especially when you are in a situation where we're on the backup quarterback for the third time in three weeks. You need your best players to come through for you with big time plays. And, you know, we saw that in certain situations where guys were coming through. Tyree Kill comes through in a big way. Like, no, that can't. That's those are inexcusable from Jalen Waddle. I, I, I just, <laughs> fans got to realize like there's a difference between being a hater on a guy and just calling it like it is. Like, if you're in a situation, and you're right, if I look at the numbers of this game, yeah, there's imperfections everywhere. Run game again didn't go going. Offensive line looked like crap. Took a while for Teddy Bridgewater to find his rhythm. Fine, but you were on a on a game winning, a potential game leading drive, and one of your go to guys gets a first down and then just coughs up the football like that. If that's not blowing the game, I mean, I don't know what your standard is then for blowing the game. No, I mean he he clearly blew the game in that specific instance in in the the, the fact that the Dolphins. We're driving down the field and had the chance at that point to take the lead. But man, like how many instances can I show you where other players cost this team points as well? First of all, Jason Sanders. I mean, uh, you know, I'm bum, so done, bum. I'm, I'm <laughs> done with him. I am so done with Jason. This guy is washed. Bum it right now. And, it comes and, and goes for kickers, dude. You just know <laughs> it's over for this guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's done so. And, uh, but what about let's go to the you know one of the first drives of the game for the Dolphins on offense before Teddy Bridgewater's in there. Skylar Thompson kind of feels you know he, he's getting in a, a rhythm. He's looking better than Teddy Bridgewater has looked the entirety of of his time as a backup here in Miami. And you go thirty yard pass to Waddle completion, then Moster on the very next play sixteen yard run, and then Tyree Kill. These were all in consecutive order. Tyree Kill nine yard pass. Yep. And then following that up on the next seven plays, it's five penalties. I, I believe four of those plays put you down in the red zone on one instance. River Craycraft caught a pass after uh, a Skylar Thompson evaded pressure, hit him down the middle of the field, and he gets to the one-yard line. Any of those you know, instances, you could argue, the Dolphins, at the very least, have a chance to put three on the board, if not um, uh, get a touchdown. And instead, they have to punt the ball. 
And then the next time you get it, another punt. Skyler goes to the locker room. Um, like you could, in my opinion, point to so many instances where, you know, the Dolphins on third and short don't convert. They go for it on fourth down. And we like the wheelbarrow plays from McDaniel because he does it later on in the game right before the fumble and it paid off. But, you know, kind of the same old same old we've seen from from former Dolphins teams where inability to, to convert on third and short, inability to convert on third down period, inability to move the ball throughout stretches of the game. That's why I'm saying I'm not just placing the entire loss on Jalen Waddle, even though, yes, he blew the game at the end. I'm not going to argue with that. No, look, the offensive line was piss poor today. Um, it sounded like afterwards, Mike McDaniel made it sound like Austin Jackson, Toronto Armstead will be better, will be ready for next week yeah. along with Tua. So that's great. I mean, it does, it does sound like some reinforcements are coming. Um, but I think the way I look at it from this standpoint is I already know that they're in an adverse situation. If you've gone now three straight games where you have to play basically your backup quarterback to close out your game, um, you can't. You can't have your best – your best players have to have to rise to a level even higher because I can't expect Greg Little to not be Greg Little. I can't expect <laughs> the backup lineman to be not the backup lineman. They are what they are. Jalen Waddell, we all think, is going to probably be a top 10 receiver in this league, and you could just see how crushed he was by that because yeah. of just the dejected look on him. So – I just I, – if it would be Tyree Kill, Tyree Kill would be getting crushed today because he's the highest-paid player of the team. If it was, you know, Mike Gusecki, I feel like he's more polarizing. I think that, you know, Waddle is just so popular. His Dolphins, you know, Q rating has to be through the roof. Everybody loves Jalen Waddle. Who doesn't love Jalen Waddle? So it sucks when that happens. But, you know, I, I'm with you. He's not the sole reason that they lost. But when they had that game in hand – yeah. Uh, it, it killed him. But the thing that's been killer about this is this has now happened three straight weeks where there's been a turnover and it's resulted directly to a touchdown for the other team. And it's killed you. It's, it's put you completely out of the game. It happened against the Bengals. It happened against the Jets and it happened this week. And certainly with what you're dealing with from the injury standpoint, when you're dealing with not having to, not having Teddy now, not having Skyler, all the guys that you prepped for that game week, all leave. You then can't also have backbreaking turnovers that lead to scores for the other team. If not first of all, put your defense in a terrible spot, uh, and second of all, like you're giving the you're giving up points directly for yourself because you know uh, at least on two of those drives, the Skyler one was way back in your own territory, but with Teddy and with this one, you were driving. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, it was backbreaking, um, and you are in that situation where you're preparing, like you said with a specific player, first two on Cincinnati, then Teddy, and then Skyler. And uh, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, like, it, I can't it, believe this happened three straight weeks. It's That's like, it's, it's so stupid. dumb. Yeah, it's, it's it, like, and like, what are these injuries that have happened? Like, it, two is probably was the most uh, preventable, I guess we could say, because obviously everybody knew he was not 100% going into that game. But the Teddy Bridgewater thing, fake concussion, uh, which then allowed him not to practice all week. And then the Skylar Thompson, oh, yeah, you're right. I thought – I love the fact with Skylar, I love the fact that they let him out there. They let him cut it loose a little bit. Like, just I go. just thought, just do your thing. Yeah, you be you. And I thought that that was a beautiful thing with him. But the the penalties were were hard to overcome for him. And then, you know, the the the, the line was getting their ass kicked today. And so not not a surprise that he – 
ends up uh, getting, you know, his his finger crushed on one of these. Yeah, it was bad with the offensive line. Um, there's also, you know, something to be said about the Dolphins secondary. We're going now three straight games where the Dolphins don't have a takeaway. This defense, yep. if they're not taking the ball away from the other team, forcing turnovers. I mean, we're a little spoiled from the second half of last season, Tobin. There's no doubt about it. But we're not asking for three interceptions and two forced fumbles in a game. We're asking for the defense to come up and make a big play. Right. And, you know, for the most part, I think there was at one point four consecutive or five consecutive punts by Minnesota. Like the big guys up front, they did their job. And the defense for a large portion of that game did their job as well. But when you put it into context, I mean, Miami had almost double the amount of possession time as Minnesota. So the defense wasn't out there throughout, you know, long stretches the way we saw against Buffalo. Like we, what was, what was asked of them was less than other instances where they came out on top and that they showed that they were elite. Um, and I mean, you can't force a takeaway from Kirk cousins <sighs> and, and, and Minnesota. And I know now Nick Needham, uh, he has a torn Achilles. It's being reported. So yes. he's obviously done for the year, if that's true. And uh, you got a couple decent plays from Noah Igbenogany, but you know that. I know. You know, Look that, at that. That's not something that – Because his first play out – the first play we all saw, it was pass interference. Like, oh, no. I know. And it was like, here we go. But he had a couple nice breakups. So I, yeah, I'll tell you who was getting his ass kicked by this. You didn't hear this on the broadcast. But, man, Jonathan Vilma had no shot on his name. I mean, he said it like four different ways. On who? On Iggy? Oh, on Iggy. Yeah, he was like oh, Igbanahini, wow. Igbanani. <laughs> Igg- and like I'm like, nope, not even close, Vilma. To be fair, to be fair, well, you know, Jonathan Vilma probably should know all the Dolphins players' names, but to be fair, Iggy hasn't played too much this year. Yeah, that's so, fine. You know, to be fair, I just wish somebody would have gotten his ear. Like, all right, it's Igbanagani. or just go, just go Iggy. You or know, just, just go, just bum. go Noah. <laughs> Yeah, he was getting his ass kicked by that, uh, by that, by that name. But no, I, look, the defense. I, I mean, eleven three and outs. That's a pretty good performance. But as you said, like, you know, Xavier Howard. It's Justin Jefferson, so it's a tough ask. But he got, you know, he blew past him. That's what you ask for your elite cornerback. And then, you know, Thielen got him on that touchdown. So there's a couple more possessions there where you're looking for your your best guys. But you know. All in all, like another tough deal with you. It's a good team you're taking on, and to be in that position, I mean, geez, Tyree Kill just keeps putting up numbers. It's crazy, crazy. What hey, do we make? Let me ask you something. What do we make of these mid breaks? These mid game breaks that he has to go rehydrate. I'm not saying anything because he's a dolphin, and I don't want to look uh, feel like there's anything suspicious going on here. But it's very noticeable that after these rehydrations, he seems to uh, be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, there's plays where he's catching the ball and any other receiver in the NFL is getting tackled, right? Like they're just going down, catching the ball, and there's nothing else to be. He makes one step one way. The way he's able to accelerate, we've all seen the highlights, but watching it live or watching it every week, it's effing crazy what he's doing. Really, like it's insane what he's what he's able to do, the way he's able to get from like one gear and, and hit that next one. He's flying by people. It's crazy, man. Like he's fun. He is fun to watch. Um, but I'm, I am, I am, I'm not shying away from what you're saying. It's, it's an interesting situation where he runs into the locker room and you're like, oh, 
uh, you get the, the 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 report from the Dolphins that he's questionable to return, but then 17 seconds after that's sent out by the Dolphins, he's coming right back on the sideline. Like he's running fast out of the locker room and, and he's putting his helmet back on. It's like Popeye and his spinach, dude. I'm just saying, like, I know that he plays like at this crazy blazing pace and now he has to play in humidity too on top of that. But it's very interesting how he seems to come back there and it feels like he gets an extra hundy every time that he's uh, he's back from the locker room. He finished with, 177 yards today he is he has been as advertised he's really good and you really can't wait to see him back out there with his starting quarterback to see what uh what actual you know damage he could do for points um we'll take a quick break here on the poorest pod we'll look a little ahead where can things get right mike mcdaniel um you know what are things that the the coach can can look to here as as the dolphins go as many people think into the soft part of their schedule plus Mike Gusecki uh, did the thing again, and he's getting killed for it. More Porpoise Pods coming on after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Porpoise Pod swimming on here. Dolphins, they fall to the Minnesota Vikings 24-16, week six. They now turn their attention to Sunday night football. Uh, Solana, we get the excellent news over the weekend that Tua Tungavailoa is out of concussion protocol. He fully practiced on Friday. And it appears that the Dolphins quarterback, nothing uh, confirmed yet, but it would appear he is very much on track to play Sunday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Flores revenge game. Uh, Thank God. (laughs) Thank goodness, man. He was on the sidelines. He was active. I kept looking up the broadcast. Like he's, he's making his, uh, his appearance felt on the sideline. You know he's he, he's dying to get back out there. You know. Oh yeah, he's got he's got to be Jones and Ford for sure, and I think that's I, I think the receivers got to be feeling that too because uh, <laughs> Waddle and Hill have had to do a lot of work to uh, buoy up Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson. I thought Teddy was okay today. Definitely took a drubbing, but like it re- it took him a while to get going. I felt like, which I yeah, guess but- is understandable. He didn't practice all week. He didn't practice, and it's the same thing, right? Like, they go in with a game plan with Skyler, and here you are in the first half, and Teddy Bridgewater. Like, it was almost a joke. The beat writers, when they were all tweeting out, like, you guys aren't going to believe this, but Skyler Thompson's heading to the locker room because it's like a sick joke at this point. It's crazy. Every week, the Dolphins, it's a revolving door of quarterbacks. Like, they should appeal to the league to just let them have five quarterbacks on the roster. Like, Give us 57 roster spots so we can add a couple quarterbacks because you never know at this point what the deal is. I Yeah, I don't know. Like, there's no way this has happened based on injury, right? Like that they that a quarterback has not started or has not ended a game that he has started three straight weeks. I, I feel like weeks. I feel like that's maybe a performance based thing. I could see that happening. But like, man, it's it's pretty bananas from that standpoint one positive though before we get back into Tua uh what do you think Mike Gusecki definitely uh best game of the season couple TDs uh had had at one point like after his first touchdown went over and 
uh, went to Mike McDaniel. They had some kind of exchange they showed on the broadcast where like Mike is like, he seemed like he was kind of like positively yelling at him and like Mike McDaniel's tapping him on the head. And I don't know if it was along the lines of keep feeding me the effing ball for once. <laughs> I don't know what the conversation was, but Gusecki balled out today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the Mike Gusecki that we're all expecting. That's the Mike Gusecki that we know is capable of putting up those performances I wish you'd, you know, find a new touchdown celebration because it's kind of getting a little, little cringe at this point. But no, no before we even get into that, um, like, bro, he's a weapon. Yeah. Use him. I'm not, I, I'm not angry at Mike Gusecki for having a big game or a big, big play and going over to the head coach who calls the plays and being like, bro, look at what I'm capable of doing. Look at, look at what we're missing right now, and you should be taking full advantage. And by the way, it doesn't surprise me when a backup quarterback is in to use the tight end like that, especially when you have two electrifying guys on each side, Tyreek and Jalen Waddle, who caused so much attention from the defense. Like you should be using the tight end who can also make plays like that. That 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 seems obvious, doesn't it? Yeah, especially in the red zone. I mean, like you right. the one thing with having those two burners is that they're great in space, but when the field does get narrowed, uh, narrowed down a little bit, Waddle and, and, uh, and Tyreek Hill, like, yeah, you need guys with a little bit of size. And so when your best two receivers look like that, you know, you need somebody else who could take advantage. And it'd be nice if you had him in a game where you were kind of feeding his confidence a little bit. So I really love seeing that. I, I don't know what's to do with Listen, I'm nobody to, to get on anybody's dancing. This gritty thing has to die a slow death. <laughs> Even Jamar chase today was, who is the, I, I guess the gritty OG in the NFL. He's saying this ain't it. Um, but the one thing is he doesn't look like he cares because that was the longest. It was not only like the worst gritty I've ever seen. It was the longest. Like it, <laughs> like he was soaking that in. Like he just wanted to cringe everybody to death. I, I did see RG3 because I think that's what Jamar Chase quote tweeted. RG3 called it the unseasoned gritty, which is really funny. The, like really funny. The white guys have really like killed this thing. I got to be honest <laughs> with you. Like every single week. Now Mike is the worst. Uh, agreed. But like between Mac Jones and Zach was even Thielen threw that. Now I don't know if Thielen has the pass because of Justin Jefferson, you know, giving him the blessing. But like, boy, the white guys have killed this thing. I mean, it it really like it, it, it's it's everybody else has to be looking at this just like, come on, bro. What what, what are we doing out here? You know. Yeah. I, I. But that's that's what he's doing, right? That that's what he's doing. Where. He knows it's bad at this point. He knows he's getting clowned for it, but he's like, ah, I'm going to do it anyways. Just soak it in. Yeah. My favorite was when Trey Williams said that guy's skiing. Because <laughs> that's what I thought it looked like. I was like, he's, he's spot on with that. It looks like he's about to go downhill. It's crazy. He's, he's hitting the slopes. He's, Hit he's hitting the slopes. the slopes. Little bunny slope for Mike Gusecki. <laughs> what do you think uh, for Mike McDaniel? It's been, you know, it's been a pretty charmed beginning of his career. And now he's had to deal with adversity these last three weeks had to have been stressful to deal with all this protocol stuff. He even started his Friday press conference where he's like asking the reporters like, Hey, here's a thought. Why don't we ask, uh, you know, me about the Vikings, <laughs> which was funny, but I think also comes from a place of truth is he's really tired about talking about concussions. Um, do you feel like, you know, is the honeymoon stage over for Mike McDaniel at this point? I know a lot of this stuff has been out of his control, but you know, you're in the lo- you're in the midst of losing three in a row here. And, you know, people can say, like, you know, your team being undisciplined or these mistakes and all the penalties, they will point to coaching and say, hey, something has to get better here, um, even though who the hell could deal with this kind of adversity? So 
you know, I was thinking about this on the way home where the Dolphins offense looked unbelievable really in one quarter. If if we're, you know, I'm not hating on Mike McDaniel, but if we're being 100% honest, the Dolphins offense looked like they took another step in one quarter of football this year. And they've scored 42 against the Ravens. But other than that, it was 20 at home against New England. Well, it's week one, right? That's what we all said. Yep. It's week one. It'll take some time. 21 against the Bills. Okay, but the Bills are a really good team. And uh, your defense was out there quadruple yeah, the amount of time. I would say time of possession would be my, okay, my fine. big thing there. But I, but I hear you. But then, you know, you scored 20, or I'm sorry, 15 against the Bengals. And then you say, well, Tua was out and everybody was concerned about the ugly injury. Okay, Thursday night football, you're banged up. But then 17 against the Jets. And then, okay, fine, we did the thing with Teddy Bridgewater. And then it was Skylar Thompson. But at some point, Tobin, like we can we can keep doing the excuse machine and we can keep adding context, which, by the way, I'm not saying is unfair. Like context matters when you're talking about these games, because the reality is you're preparing with one guy and he doesn't get to finish. And now all of a sudden somebody else has to come in who hasn't prepared to be in that that position, especially this week with Teddy Bridgewater not even practicing. So I'm not trying to push it aside, but I am saying at some point. You have to stop with the excuses. He was brought in to take this offense to another level. And as much as not having your quarterback matters, I mean, they're not moving the ball well, uh, running the ball. Um, I know Mostert had a good game last week, but it really didn't matter because he got blown out anyways. It stunk. And then as much as today you have, you know, your, your two guys go off, you have 19 minutes of possession, 184 yards in the first half and all you got was three points out of it so at some point you know I'm not out on McDaniel I'm not saying he's not the man for the job like that's not what I'm saying at all but yes at some point it falls on the guy who was brought in to get your offense to a level that it needs to be to win games especially if this defense is not the same defense as it was the last eight games nine games of the season last year and that just hasn't been the case And again, I'm not pushing aside the quarterbacks. I'm not pushing aside all the injuries because those things matter. But at the end of the day, when we're assessing this team at the end of the season, nobody's going to care about the injury bug because it's impacting every team around the NFL. And all that's going to matter is how many wins you had, how many losses you had, period. And um, the Dolphins, as great as that 3-0 start was, if we're being 100% honest, one good, unbelievable quarter of football, and then the offense has just been okay and less than average the rest of the time. I would say, like, here's my evaluation of what I I haven't looked at stats. I don't know where they rank anywhere. I would just say what's very clear about this team in years from in years past is their big playability because of their two best weapons is is huge like that i think is the fun part as a dolphin fan we see that they're not necessarily a team that does need 10 plays to get down the field i think that the run game has been today by the way that yeah even today that was that was the case where all across the board today you had guys making big plays it wasn't just tyreek it wasn't just waddle like you had the most big run you had tyreek earlier in the game 30 yard uh reception waddle 30 yard reception like you, you were able to get the big play, which to your point, the Dolphins haven't been able to do in forever. 
No, like that's definitely been a noticeable thing is that they they can go and they can get chunk plays. And I actually sure. feel like as an offense, one of the things that's been a blessing because they seem to come out of the gates of these games very slow is they can get back into games. So that's been a good thing. But I'm with you. They have not been this vaunted offense that has put up a ton of points. The run game has been non-existent. Even Jonathan Vilma was talking today. He's saying, like, they're, they're a little predictable because of the personnel. Like, you could tell based on who's in what they're going to do. And I think yeah. that the, the Vikings probably snuffed a lot of that out, where maybe the Jets didn't have the respect of it last week because the Dolphins hadn't shown it up to that point. Uh, the Vikings were very ready for Mostert at any point. He was carrying the football today that the personnel was uh, was was very predictable, Vilma was saying. So that I think he has to go back to the drawing board. And certainly he's been throwing curveballs three straight weeks. Like, yeah. that just is what it is. But they have not scored an opening drive touchdown yet this season, which inevitably seems to put you behind in every single one of these games. So they got to get out to better starts, Solana. That, that, that to me is huge. And I think that you look at these next – four games, five games that they got, which is, you know, many people correctly are putting as the cream puff of your schedule. These next five Steelers, Lions, Bears, Browns, Texans, uh, not a winning record among them. You know, they have, uh, they're all, they're all under 500. They're all, I think, what was it? One, two, two in teams, Bears got two. And so the end, so you got everyone is a two win team, except for the Texans who are a one win team. And I think that, if we're going to see them put up points, you're getting to a back supposedly. This would be the time where we're going to see, okay, you're this this elite offense. You got all these weapons. You've invested in everything. Now it's go time. Supposedly you're going to get – supposedly next week, this is what we should have. We should have Tua back. Looks and sounds like we're going to get Armstead and Austin Jackson back. Um, so that's as healthy on the offensive side of the football as you can pretty much get. You know, yeah, the defense and the secondary doesn't feel like that's going to be maybe whole all year. It feels like Xavier's going to be playing through something, and it feels like Byron Jones, who knows, and Nick Needham's done for the year. So we might have to hold on. Cater uh, uh, Co, who's now dealing with an oblique, so we may have like that. That feels like it's going to deal with it. But dude, it's the Steelers coming in here. They're not lighting the world on fire. None of these quarterbacks should burn you for anything. Yeah. So. This is the time these next five weeks where like, it, I know this is the, it's cra- four and one, or you're not serious about making the playoffs. Like that's, yeah. that's how it has to be looked at because you blew the opportunity you had. Your opportunity was you started three and oh, okay. I'll hear you out. You lose a game here and there. Football's going to football. But when you, you blow all three of them in the same fashion, you lost your cushion. You're looking up at the standings now. Okay then you need to there's no excuses if you're better than these teams all of these these two win crap teams you better go on some kind of a run here and something else that really bothered me i didn't even mention it tobin it's the way that some of these plays are getting called back look your wide receiver is going to hold somebody your offensive tackle is going to hold somebody every now and then that's going to happen what about all these illegal procedure penalties for the dolphins what about Guys just lining up where they're not supposed to be lining up. You have shotgun. Your fullback is is three yards behind the quarterback, so it's an illegal formation. That happened a ton of times today. Those are the things to me where I say, well, you know, 
maybe, you know, the coach is at fault there, right? Especially the offensive-minded coach who's implemented his system. I mean, it's week six. It's not week one. It's not week two. It's not week three. It's week six. And you have three procedure penalties or, or two procedure penalties called on your team. Like, it, that's, that's, that's a sign of, of some sort of dysfunction between the offense and the guy who's, who's, you know, creating and calling these plays. It's funny you mentioned that too, because I was thinking that during the game. I was like, man, I feel like that happens to them a lot. Where a like, ton of times, there's yeah. either a guy illegally downfield or they illegally form. I'm glad you mentioned that because I, I, I'm glad I'm not the only one who's like, because I haven't even seen a lot of that on Twitter or anything like that. But, um, I, I've noticed that too. Like, it feels like they get caught in some kind of place, and they're just like, hey, you had a great play, but it was illegal. You can't do that. And Tobin, uh, w- when when the Dolphins got in the red zone before the Mike Kosicki touchdown, if you remember, the the play got called back on um, on a play. I think Teddy ended up just throwing the ball in the dirt because of the rush, but it was illegal man downfield. And I watched the replay. Every offensive lineman is in the end zone, and it's like it's head scratching because you know they should know that. How do they not know that they can't? be x amount of yards down the field on a passing play and it seems like they're getting called on it every single game whether it's robert hunt whether it's you know and you know we give robert hunt a pass because he gave us the most electrifying play last year or whatever True. but but at some point you're, you're saying to yourself like hold on a second what the hell is going on here and if this were any other head, head football coach with all those penalties on that drive five penalties on one drive what, what what's the criticism that comes there no look he bought disciplined. Himself- no doubt. He bought himself a lot of clout, I think, with a lot of Dolphin fans. And you started off 3-0. and He's the first guy to do that since Jimmy Johnson. I think he's a good football coach. I, I really do. Like, I don't think he's one of these fakes that's out there. Um, I do, too, by the way. I, I'm just I'm just No, trying, but it's a, it's a fair trying, criticism. I think I'm it's trying a, to be fair, right? We're, yeah. you know, if, if we were criti- if, if we weren't Dolphins fans and we're looking at it and you're looking at the amount of penalties and the types of penalties, because, again, you're – uh, you know, Greg Little's in there and he's getting torched all game. At some point, he's going to get called for a holding because it is what it is. Like, you're not going to get too upset about that. But on one, have you ever seen that one drive where? No, that was crazy. I, I That was like, it was literally like five straight plays or four or five out of six plays where there was yeah. a flag. Yeah. It was, and it was very frustrating because the Dolphins kept getting electric plays. And you're like, oh my God, this is like going to be huge for Skylar Thompson. And it was just frustrating because it just ended in a fart. You know, just... some, something else that's stood out to me today, um, and it stood out to me immediately because you force uh, you force the Vikings to punt in the first drive. Javon Holland muffs the punt, and uh. Jalen Phillips ends up recovering. So it was fine. You don't even think about it again. But I was just scrolling here on Twitter. Joe Shad tweeted out, it's a little weird that through six games, the Dolphins only have one interception, which you talked about, yep. 14 punt return yards. And I'm thinking about it. I mean, okay, you muffed the first punt, but you have Tyreek Hill. You have Javon Holland, who we know, like we saw it last year. Not that he's Devin Hester, but he's he's a more than capable return man. You mm-hmm. have Jalen Waddle. You have Raheem Mostert. Like this should be a team that's at the very least able to break off one good return on the special teams to help your offense put them in a better position. And we've got none of that this year. Thomas Morstead has been the only guy in the special teams that you can look at and say, He's been good. Your punter's been fine. He's but jacked. then he also, he gave you his the, the butt punt. So, you know, he, he's kind of been remembered I don't know who that. that's on. I don't know who that's on. Is that on him or is that on Sherfield's sure big ass? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. 
Yeah. Speaking of ass, Kyle Lowry's at the game today. Was he really? He was. He was enjoying yeah. the game today. Wearing so. wearing booty shorts. I only saw the Hard Rock Stadium tweeted out uh, a video of him just enjoying the game. I didn't know if they were doing like a team thing or whatnot. Uh, but I uh, but he was at the game, so he must you know. he must be thrilled. No more Canadian football. You know, he gets four down. Oh yeah, real three. football. Yeah. Back, Although back he did take face. a shot at the Panthers last year. Like I hope Kyle Lowry takes his uh, his kids to the Panthers game because he's like, oh, we don't have hockey here. Meanwhile, the Panthers had the best record in the league. So <laughs> just saying, low dog, get on out there, enjoy some game. I could have used him at quarterback today, maybe. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's our porpoise spot today, everybody. We'll be back later on in the week, getting you ready for the grand petty of them all. Tua versus Flores, Sunday night football, uh, and really what is uh, the most critical part of the Dolphins' schedule is coming up here because they're getting yeah. their quarterback back, and they need to rack up some wins if they're going to really, really contend this year. So hopefully that's the case, Solana. <laughs> can't lose to Flo. Can't lose to Man Campbell, right? Nope. Like you. You, you can't. You I don't can't even know do who the Bears coach is. Oh, who cares? Uh, do you know his name? Dreadful. I don't know his name. No idea. Can't lose to that guy. <laughs> Browns. Ugh, Stefanski. Stefanski. I mean, whatever. What is I that? Mean, if we lose to Jacoby Brissett, I mean, uh, oh. you know, just uh, just hang it up. That's it. <laughs> just the just yeah, call the season. <laughs> That's our porpoise pot, everybody. Talk to you next time.